Hey guys, this is the New Heights Church Podcast, and we just want to welcome you and thank you for joining us today. We hope this message inspires and encourages you. Here at New Heights, we exist to love people and point them to Christ. Enjoy today's service. I want to talk about what's going on in the world. It's on every app that you see. I want to talk about um, what, so I'm from East Texas, okay? There, there's a few things I like better than a rodeo, okay? Some of y'all, that, that, that sounds odd, but if you're from where I'm from, you know exactly what I'm talking about. And uh, just today or yesterday, they announced that they have canceled in, in our region. If you're watching online, this is College Station, Texas. Uh, and I know that's a shock to you because if you're watching from around the world, you might think that everybody in Texas wears a cowboy hat and rides a horse to work. Uh, not all of us, but a lot of us, praise the Lord. But uh, we're right here in College Station, Texas. We're a little bit north of Houston. And there is a big rodeo in Houston, which has concerts that bring the likes of every major singer, not just country, but every major act. It's literally, I don't know if it's hundreds of millions of dollars, but it's got to be approaching $100 million a year that it brings to the city in revenue, if it's not more than that. And they have canceled that um, to in, the, uh, in, a, in an attempt to be cautious at stopping the spread of this coronavirus that everybody's hearing, or everybody's hearing about. So I want to talk just for a few minutes about the coronavirus and, and what Christians do about it. And particularly uh, what New Heights Church does about it. Because, and I'll give you some wisdom and I'll give you some advice. And then after that, I'll probably tell you what I really think. But uh, 1 Corinthians 15 and verse 46 says, uh, first comes the natural and then afterwards comes the spiritual. Okay. So what I want to just kind of mention is. Uh, wisdom is not a lack of faith. I'm going to give you just a few keys. Matt, you can get as relaxed as you want to get. Uh, you can sit, if you want to stay there, I'd love to have you there, but don't feel like you got to play. Um, cause we don't know if we've wiped down the keyboard yet. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> That's a joke. But what I'm saying is, uh, thank you by the way. But what I'm saying is, it's not a lack of faith to be wise. It's not a lack of faith to be wise. Now, I'm not uh, a medical doctor and I don't work for the CDC or anything like that. You can go online to the CDC and you can read all about all the different techniques that they are um, saying to be, to help us be safe and uh, to help America slow down the spread of a virus, um, the, the spread of this virus. But it's all the washing of the hands and things like that. And that's not a lack of faith to be wise. So if, if there's a pot of boiling water and you know the water's boiling and you put your hand in it, you can't be upset at the water because wisdom just told you don't put your hand in boiling water. So there's no lack of wisdom in listening to good, sound medical advice. In general terms, there is no lack of wisdom or lack of faith, I should say. There's no lack of faith in listening to good medical advice. 
but there's no lack of faith in listening to um, uh, local, state, regional, even federal authorities, as long as it doesn't, um, as long as it doesn't stop you from lifting up the name of Jesus. At that point, it's better to you know obey God than it is to obey man. But we're not there. We're not even close to that. We live in America. And it's a beautiful thing to live in America because it's a place of freedom, freedom of speech, freedom to worship. It's a, it's, it's literally the freest place on planet earth right now. And with regards to whatever local state, federal authorities, whatever they recommend, again, again, as long as it's not restricting you from believing the Bible, restricting you from sharing Jesus, then you know, it's very honorable to follow after what is recommended. So uh, that being said, a few of the recommendations are if you have had challenges with your health in the area of uh, lungs, respiratory, if you have challenges with your health and you are uh, uh, significantly older in age, then there are some recommendations to maybe not go into excessively crowded places uh, not go into certain areas. And again, I'm not here to convince you one way or the other on that, but I just think everybody should be as wise as they can be in that regard. So I want to tell you some of the things that new Heights church has available in that regard. One of them is we live stream every one of our services and we do that for great reason. We do that to get the gospel around the world to the best of our ability. But then also, if you're not here, you can't be here. Uh, recently I was in uh, Colorado on vacation and it was just so nice to be able to still be a part of New Heights Church, even when I wasn't physically in New Heights Church. So I want you to know that that's always available because um, the trend of what we're seeing in the world is, is trending that there may be more cases in the future. And let me, let me just quantify that. That's the reports that experts and, and others are giving. And, and I'm going to tell you what I really think here in a few minutes. But I just want you to know that, uh, there is some, there is nothing out of faith to be wise. There's nothing out of faith to walk in wisdom because effectively it's like this. Here's how I, here's how I live my life. Here's how we have built this church. We don't ask God to bang the nail in if there's a hammer in our hand. We do what we can do naturally in the natural. And then we expect God to do what we cannot do. So that means, um, to disinfect or to clean or to be cautious and all that. I mean, it would be, you could take this to the, to the ends of the earth and decide you're going to eat on dirty dishes because germs can't hurt you. No, that's, that's stupidity is what that is. You hear what I'm saying? It's a, it's a different thing to walk in wisdom and it's not a lack of faith to try to be wise in an area, uh, in an area or it's not a lack of faith to pay attention to what's going on around you. Because when, when things change, our God doesn't change. When things change, our God doesn't change. Matter of fact, God can't get any better. 
Because if he, if he were to get better, that would indicate that he wasn't good enough yesterday. But God doesn't change. And I believe what we're, what we're going to see come out of this, I believe what we're going to see is a resurgence of believers believing God in the area of their health. I've said it a thousand times. I have no desire to build a church that I can build. I want to build a church on God's word. And I want to see our church and the kingdom of God as a whole move forward. And the only explanation for some of the victories that we have are God did it. I don't want to have to. I don't want to have to be tasked with explaining everything. I don't want to have to be tasked with, with explaining everything that's going to happen because the Bible says better than I can think of is what God's planning on doing. So in your life, when you're thinking and when you're asking, just know that is the starting point for what God's planning on providing. So you got to get your faith level up there. Now, what that means is this, you've got to combat what you are hearing with something that will build up the unstoppable force that God put on the inside of you. The Bible says faith comes by hearing in particularly hearing the word of God. You can't turn on a television. You can't turn on your internet. You can't drive by a sign. You can't walk into a place of business where somebody is not reminding you that there is a sickness out there that's trying to get you. So the Bible says that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. The reality is, is so does doubt and unbelief just the opposite way. So the more you hear of all the terrors, And all the challenges and all the plagues, that begins to create something. And what it creates is something called sight. But we do not live by what we see. We live by faith. So you got to get yourself in a position where you hear the word of the living God for the sake of your faith level being built up. Because now, more than any other time that I have been an adult with regards to something, because here's the thing with terrorism, like Islamic terrorism, when they want to uh, 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 take an airplane down or something like that, you can put a face on that. You can't put a face on this. You can't, you can't go and say, well, it's the people who made the video and, 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 and said that they were going to do it. No, that's not the case here. This is something that you can't see. You can't put your hands on it. So you can't deal with this the way that you deal with something you can see. You got to deal with this with something that's on the inside of you that deals with the unseen better than anything you have that you can put your hand on. So you've got to get yourself in this season right now. You've got to get yourself built up on your most holy faith. So that when the challenges come and when the 
the, the megaphone of the world and the megaphone of fear and the megaphone of all that is blazing, you have so insulated your faith system and your faith structure on the word of the living God that if there's a giant coming in the field, your knee-jerk reaction is not to run. Your knee-jerk reaction is to grab a rock and go to war. This is what believers do. This is how believers are supposed to act. He said, in my name, you will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. You will cast out devils in my name. This was commonplace in our Bible. And this is what a New Testament church is supposed to look like. But if we get to the place where a sickness causes us to live in panic and in fear, now all of a sudden our faith condition has shrunk to the level of the challenge instead of our faith condition rising up above the level of the challenge. And if I had time, I'd talk to you about kingdom because this all comes down to kingdom. All of this comes down to kingdom. The reality is, is you have an adversary and your adversary, the devil wants to rule with fear. Our God rules with love and faith. Our King is the Prince of peace. The ruler of this world, the prince of this world, the prince of the power of the air is the father of lies. And he is constantly trying to spread fear and to rule and reign with fear. And and, and I'll tell you, I'll tell you, you guys came on a good night because I'm literally going to tell you some things that I typically just wouldn't say. I believe that this is a ripple effect because the adversary, the devil has been significantly disrupted in the last 18 months. I'll tell you a couple of ways he's been disrupted. One of them, the Me Too movement. These predatory men in high places that have been uh, abusing and taking advantage of women and boys, but taking advantage of women and boys that control Hollywood that control broadcast, that could, that rub elbows with the most influential of the most, every one of them that's been arrested and made the news, you got pictures with them smiling with presidents that are both donkeys and elephants. They are literally uh, uh, at the highest level when it comes to what would influence children and society. And now they're being thrown in prison, some of them as we speak. They're being thrown in prison. So now the devil, he is losing some of the sway that he has. Because when the righteous rule and reign, the people rejoice. But when you have wickedness in high places, everything flows from the head. Everything flows from the head. So you've got, you got to think about this. It's something crazy like 70 to 80% of every movie that came out that was a hit, this guy produced. And this is what he's been doing when nobody could see him. This guy works for Satan himself and might even know it. And he is influencing and manipulating and twisting and and causing all these things. And now he's been exposed because whatever you do in secret, sooner or later it's going to come out. That's one. Another one the devil wasn't ready for. Put the camera on me in case you're going to email me. The devil wasn't ready for Kanye West. 
He wasn't ready for somebody just standing up and saying, no, Jesus changed me. I work for him now, period. He said, well, I don't agree with some of the stuff he said. Let me ask you a question. Do you think he agrees with everything you say? This guy stands up in front of God and everybody can wiggle his nose and have 30,000 people show up in a matter of hours, rearrange their whole day and bring a choir of 200 people that are singing about nothing other than Jesus Christ is Lord. The devil was not ready for that. So I believe we are seeing a little bit of the kitchen sink mentality. I think, and what, what I mean by that is when you don't know what else to do, you throw everything at it and the kitchen sink. And I think the devil doesn't know how to react right now. I think, I think he's, he's, he's a little bit, I think he's a little bit, I think he's been hit and I think he's trying to hit back globally because the scripture says this, don't forsake the gathering together, which is the manner of some. The reason we don't forsake the gathering together is because one puts a thousand flight, but two puts 10,000 flight. The reason we don't forsake the gathering together is because we're two or more gathering his name. He's there. The reason we don't forsake the gathering together is because God said there's something powerful about whenever we connect. When we lay hands on the sick, they recover. When we lay hands on the sick, they recover. We believe that. We stand on that. And, and if we have to bathe, listen to me. If we have to take a hand sanitizer bath before every time we pray and after every time we pray, we're still going to lay hands on the sick and we're still going to see him recover. Because the church of the Lord Jesus Christ is not here to talk about a sickness. We're here. We're here to cause that sickness to go. So, so I believe we're seeing a little bit of the kingdom of darkness reacting and responding in, in a way that he doesn't know how to handle it. He, he's, I think, I think he thinks the clock is shorter than we think it is. I think he thinks the clock is shorter than we think it is. Man, I feel God when I'm saying this, because what happens is when these two kingdoms are at war, you have to understand if anything comes to steal, kill and destroy, it is of the devil. If it comes to give you life and life more abundantly, that comes from Jesus Christ. So the coronavirus comes from the, the, the enemy himself. This is not a, a normal thing. It's not a, a rational thing. It is a very, it's a very unique situation that the entire world finds itself in. So the question is, if you're going to live by faith and you're a believer, what do you do about it? Well, I'll tell you what you do about it. Number one, you be wise. I just look at your neighbor, just say, be wise. You just got to be wise. We're going to be wise. But number two, we're going to live by faith. Come on. We're not going to be moved by what we see in here. If the sky fell tomorrow, Jesus would pick it back up. So we're going to be wise and we're going to live by faith. Let me tell you how to live by faith. Here's a, here's a big key on how to live by faith. Living by faith does not mean you deny the facts. It means you defy the facts. We're not saying the coronavirus is not a thing. We're saying it's not coming near my house. We're not saying 
that, that it's going to be a, a that, that people aren't sick. We're saying in the name of Jesus, God is a healer just like he was then. He's a healer now. We, we may talk about the coronavirus, but we're going to finish that statement talking to the coronavirus. And we're going to demand that the coronavirus dry up and die in the name of Jesus. Now, whether that comes through uh, God uh, giving somebody a great vaccine and then that vaccine taking care of it, like, like it has done smallpox, uh, chicken pox, uh, 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 any of them across the board where we know God is a healer, but we're not denying the facts. We are just choosing by faith to defy them. So the question is how long until you get some new facts? We believe what the Bible says more than we believe anything else. That means uh, we plead and we're going to pray it before we dismiss today. Psalm 91 over our homes. If you're taking notes, if you're not taking notes, you need to write this down anyway. You can tell Siri to take a note. I don't care. But Psalm 91. And you got a prescription. You need to read Psalm 91 every single day of your life. You can do it till the coronavirus is over. You can do it till Jesus comes back. Both of them be real healthy. But Psalm 91 decrees and declares that there's not going to be a plague come near you, come near your dwelling, come near your home, that we're going to be resting under the wings and the arms of the Almighty. It's a beautiful, powerful proclamation. And when you can get that, what that does is, now listen, the world doesn't understand this, but God bless everybody. I'm not talking to the world right now. I'm talking to the church. We live by faith. And our faith is strengthened exactly like any other muscle. One of my, one of my great friends is Brian Sheffer. He's right here on the front row. Him and I have a, the same muscles in our body, but they look very different. <laughs> Ask is this brother, he wakes up thinking about a barbell. And he goes and he, he lifts those weights. And just about the time you think he's, he's done all he can do, he puts more weights on there and does more. And it's just, he's just constantly working it. So his muscles are growing and his muscles are growing because they are being worked. When you hear the word of God, when you speak the word of God, when you speak the word of God, it comes out of your mouth. Then you hear it. And when you hear the word of God, your faith literally increases. And in this season right now, you need to go in through the rest of 2020 every single day, having your faith stronger than it was the day before. And if you've never taken this kind of approach to living life, this is the abundant life. It's the recipe for it. Because people that are living by faith are not people immune from having problems. They are people that have dictated that their problems are not going to control their life. So you then decide that I'm going to live by faith. I'm going to talk by faith. I'm going to walk by faith. And you are going to have yourself built up. There's never been a better time to get on your phone and combat all the things you're hearing with a good sermon. We have them on New Heights Church. 
Facebook.info. We have them on the, 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 on Facebook. We have parts of them on Instagram. You can follow that there to get you some faith. We're not just putting that stuff out there because we need something to do. We're putting it out there so you can hear the word of God and your faith can be elevated. Because whenever uh, uh, the Bible talks about our heroes that accomplish great things, it constantly talks about they did it by faith. Every time we see something accomplished in the Bible, it was accomplished by faith. So that means we've got to figure out how do we get the substance and the evidence Substance is what we hope for, the evidence is what we can't see. How can we get faith strengthened in our life? And you strengthen it by hearing the word of God. Like literally, the first thing God ever did on the planet was talk. He released a sound and all of creation had to listen. That's why the enemy wants you so quiet. Yeah. Wants you sitting by yourself. Wants you isolated. Wants everybody terrified of a virus so they won't go to the grocery store. Wants everybody terrified of a virus so they won't go to work. But the truth of this is it all comes down to kingdom. Yeah. And the, the, the will of God is itemized in Genesis 1 and 2. When he created man in his likeness and his image, gave man, which is mankind, dominion, breathed the breath of life into humanity, and now God stopped calling things and started calling man to say what he wanted to see happen. So God brought all the animals in front of Adam to see what he would call them because he had given Adam dominion. And when he had given Adam dominion, it was like he had handed him the key to the lock and he's not going to reach back and take it back. So that's the will of God for mankind to have dominion. But then the Bible says mankind sinned. And when mankind sinned, God had to do something real powerful. He had to institute the greatest rescue mission that's ever was and ever will be. Sending Jesus to come and pay our price. And he had to expel Adam and Eve from the garden. And the reason he had to expel them from the garden partly was because he couldn't be near them in their sinless, in their sinful condition Because when something is dirty, touches something clean, the dirty thing makes the clean thing dirty. So God would no longer be clean. Does this make sense? But the bigger reason was because there was a tree of life in the garden. And God loved Adam and Eve so much, he didn't want to live eternity without them. And if in their separated from divinity condition, they had gone and consumed of the tree of life they would have become eternal in that moment. And forever, you and me would have had no hope of being restored to relationship with God. Which is why Jesus in the upper room said, this is my body, the bread of life. In other words, Adam was kicked out of the garden. Jesus willingly walked into a garden Adam was kicked out of a garden so he wouldn't eat of the tree of life. Jesus willingly walked into a garden and became the tree of life. You see, it's, it's all about kingdom. And if, if this isn't really hitting home yet, let me give you just a little bit more advice or a little bit more information. The coronavirus, corona is a Spanish word for crown. 
In other words, your adversary, the devil, is trying to put a crown of illness on humanity. The Bible says in Genesis 1, he created man in his likeness in his image. Genesis 2, he formed him, he breathed into him, and he stood him up, and he said, what do you want to call the animals? And in Genesis chapter 3, the fall of man takes place, and the Bible says, all of a sudden, thorns begin to grow. There wasn't thorns before. The curse brought the thorns. So the adversary is trying to put the curse because if you don't remember, I'd like you to remember, they took a crown of thorns and placed them on your savior before they nailed him to a a criminal's cross. In other words, he said, let me put this curse on his head. But what happened was really powerful because where the enemy is trying to put a crown of sickness on you, you have the opportunity to make the exact same death declaration of faith that you make about everything else. I refuse to accept a crown of sickness when the one who paid the price for me has already received the cursed crown on his head. It is illegal for a debt to be paid twice. The same way that you plead the blood of Jesus over your health, the same way you plead the blood of Jesus over your sinful situation and what your past used to look like is the exact same way you reject this lie of the devil called the coronavirus. I will not receive a crown of sickness on my head when Jesus Christ, the King of all kings, has already received the cursed crown. No, he goes on to say this. He goes on to say, Paul writes like this in 1 Corinthians. He says, not only are you not receiving a cursed crown, not only are you not receiving a, a, a criminal's crown, you're not receiving a sickness crown, but you and me, the blood bought, the born again, the redeemed, you and me are due an incorruptible crown. Not only there, he writes to the book, of, through the, uh, uh, to the church at Thessalonica, a crown of rejoicing is for you. Then he said, there's a crown of righteousness for you. There's a crown of life for you. And lastly, Peter wrote like this. He said, there's a crown of glory for each one of us. So I'm not saying there's not a crown out there. I'm just telling you, I am rejecting any crown that my king has already paid for. Because it's all about kingdom. It's an attempt to make you fearful. It's trying to put something on you. A virus is something that needs somebody to live in. I'm just not good ground for things that kill. I'm not good ground for disease and plague. So you got to take the position. Now, now listen to this. And and I'm kind of getting ahead of myself, but I'm getting really excited about this whole concept because as I see this whole kingdom thing play out, the Bible says this uh, in Revelations 3 and 11, behold, I come quickly. Hold that fast. What you have, listen to this, that no man takes your crown. The reason it says that in Revelations 3 is because in Revelations 4, there's an event where some people walk up and they throw their crowns to Jesus. The one who shows up and on his head are many crowns. I'm not taking my crown of righteousness off for a crown of disease. I'm not having my crown that is incorruptible taken off for a crown of disease. I'm not letting anybody take my crown because on that glorious day, 
There's nothing I can think of more than taking any crown he gave me and throwing it to him. But if you buy in to the world's ideology to be crowned with a disease. Today is the day for the church to rise up. Today is the day for the church to decide lukewarm is over. Daddies, it's time to stop letting moms be the primary spiritual factor in your house. God bless every mother that is, but she's not supposed to do it alone. She's not supposed to be crying at night, trying to convince the children about the love of Jesus while you act tough. This is a different season. I believe too many generations haven't held their crown. I believe too many generations haven't held on to their crown of glory, to their crown of life. I believe too many generations have gone quietly when God's just looking for somebody to wage war. Because it's all about a kingdom. The swine flu didn't do this. So the enemy's trying to crown. I ask you this. What did he tempt Jesus with? He said, if you'll bow your knee to me, I'll give you all these other kingdoms. And Jesus said, well, first off, the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. That's what he was thinking. But the other side of it is this, simply put. I think Jesus was thinking, if you had any clue what kind of kingdom is coming, because he was the representation of the restoration He was the first, even though he was the last. You see what I'm saying? He came to restore it, to restore our condition, to put us back in a place of authority, to take up that rightful form of dominion. And the devil comes to offer him all these other kingdoms. And Jesus said, there's a kingdom coming. And now it's here. See, He tried to offer him a different crown. Corinthians talks about some people search for for a corruptible crown. One that will decay. And he puts on us an incorruptible crown. Jesus, if he'd have said yes to the devil there, he would have done what Adam did. He would have taken his righteousness off. For something that just looks valuable today. And don't misunderstand the term valuable. Valuable doesn't always mean good. There are things that are very bad that are very, very expensive. Coronavirus. 
I want to crown you with disease. I reject it. I completely reject it. I command it to die. I command it to dry up. I plead the blood of Jesus over this church. I plead the blood of Jesus over my own home. I plead the blood of Jesus over every home connected to this church. I plead the blood of Jesus over your business. I plead the blood of Jesus over your business and its economic state in this time. I plead the blood of Jesus over every situation. And I decree and I declare that we will not be crowned with sickness when our king has already bore our infirmities. We will not be crowned with disease when he was wounded for our transgressions. We will not be crowned with disease whenever he has crowned us with joy, when he's crowned us with life, when he's crowned us with righteousness, when he's crowned us with an incorruptible crown. I refuse, we refuse by faith to be crowned with a lie from the devil. If it was the plague itself walking around on four legs, it still can't touch God's people. And it's time to stand and believe. It's time to pray. It's time to stand and believe. It's time to build your faith up. Maybe you've never taken that personal responsibility to build your faith up. You would be shocked how fun church is if you come after reading your Bible. And you'd be shocked how often you'd be like, oh my gosh, I was just reading that verse this week. It happens to me almost every week, if not every week. I was just reading that this week. Oh my gosh. And I'm like, I know I got drones everywhere. Just kidding. We're not accepting a crown of disease. We're not accepting a crown of illness. We are not accepting what the world says is inevitable. We completely and totally reject it. The same way Moses stared at the Red Sea. Everybody else might drown, but we're not. You say, well, that sounds harsh to everybody else. They got the same opportunity we do. Same book, same Bible. We just choose to believe it. And by the way, that works in every part of your life. Whatever part of the Bible you believe you'll experience and anything you don't believe you won't experience and then you'll say it doesn't work. But if you'll believe it, it works. It is impossible for the Bible to not work. The only thing about the Bible that you have to keep in mind is it's faith activated. That's why so many people are living wishy-washy. I'm not talking about never missing the mark. I'm not talking about never having a bad day. I'm talking about wishy-washy in your faith because you haven't worked your muscles and you don't work your muscles. You don't work your muscles by something you decided to come up with. You have to do what the word says. And the word says faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. So for us by faith, this church this region, Bryan College Station, we completely and totally reject the coronavirus. 
I remember when, when we first started the church, we had uh, some people that were very nice people, but they were uh, a challenge to be around. And uh, I was talking to a pastor friend of mine, and I said, man, I just don't understand. I said, so we're just trying to love people and point them to Christ. I don't know what's going on. And he said to me, he goes, he goes, oh, that's not your harvest. I said, what do you mean? He said, man, he said, I've been around you for 30 years. He said, you've sowed nothing but good things into ministries. You've given your life for ministries. Hours before service, hours after service, there when nobody's there. He said, he said, that's not your harvest. He said, you're supposed to produce fruit after its own kind. He said, so if, it's, if it doesn't look like the tree it's under, it's, it did, the seed didn't come from that tree. So let me just say a little bit different. The coronavirus is not my crown. Come on, just say that with me. Say, not my crown. That's not my, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not accepting what Jesus didn't give me. And excuse me if I don't get adamant about it. Excuse me if I don't refuse to grovel and cry and live in fear when Jesus said he didn't give us a spirit of fear. It's not my crown. Don't let anybody take your crown. You got to take one crown off to put another one on. Don't let anybody take your crown. Oh, take off the crown, the, the crown of righteousness for a crown of illness. Don't go in a lesser sense. Don't go possessing a sinus infection. Oh, there's my sinus infection. It's February. The devil is a liar. If it does come on my body, it's not mine. It's trespassing on my body. I'm not taking that crown. I reject it. Period. Plague, sinus infection, cancer, emphysema, glaucoma, sugar diabetes. I don't care what it is. It's subject to the name of Jesus. And the more we start talking about the name of Jesus, the less we'll start hearing about all these silly little crowns. So I'm going to do two things. First, I'm going to pray Psalm 91 over each one of us. Then I'm going to ask you to pray with me. We're going to pray fervently. We're going to pray fervently that this region, if they're drawing maps of where it is, that the colors don't hit here. We want it to be dried up everywhere, but not near my house. You know what I'm talking about? And then I believe in the name of Jesus. As you build up yourself, build up your own faith. Uh, in the word of the living God, you're going to have some great opportunities this week. You're going to have some great opportunities next week. People are going to call you. You're going to see people. They're going to say, what are you going to, what are you doing about the virus? And you're going to say, it's not my crown. What? Oh, well, Corona means crown. It's not my crown. I refuse to accept that. Why? Because Jesus already wore a crown. I'm not grabbing the thorns just because the devil's trying to put them on me. The thorns always represent the curse. You remember whenever the Bible says that Abram took his son Isaac up the mountain, there was a ram caught in the bushes or caught in the thorns. The Bible says that he is the lily among thorns. The thorns always represent the curse, always. 
He wore a crown of thorns, a crown of curse. And it was applied to his head because he knew you got to get victory up here before you ever get victory anywhere else. As a man thinks, so is he. So it's going to be a whole lot of not my crown. Pay attention to the news. I guess if you can trust any of them, God help us. But every time, the, number one, don't let your kids just sit there hearing all that stuff. Number two, when, it's, when, it, when you listen to it and you're being wise, you're paying attention, as soon as you're done, just not my crown. As soon as you get all the wisdom, all the information you need, not my crown. Use the hand sand. You ought to wash your hands anyway. I'm not wearing a crown he didn't give me. But I'm going to wear the ones he gave me. Because he's the king of... It's all about a kingdom. He's trying to put his crown on you. And Jesus is trying to crown you with the crowns that I spoke of. It's two kingdoms waging war on the front page of the newspaper. And nobody's saying anything about it. Everybody's just acting like it's, a, it's the flu. If you're, if you're older than 15 years old, you know doggone good and well, it's a lot different than any flu that's ever come around. The energy of it, the spirit of it is different. It's because he doesn't know how to react. When, it, when, his, when his top hands are being thrown in prison and exposed. When number one selling artists are getting radical for Jesus. When Justin Bieber goes on interview after interview after interview talking about Jesus is my king. The devil doesn't know how to deal with that. So it's the kitchen sink. Same thing he tried to do with Jesus. Here's a crown. Will you take it? It's not my crown. I refuse to receive it. So do this. Let's all stand to our feet. I'm going to read Psalm 91 over you. Put it on the screen as we go. It'd be good. Psalm 91 over you. And then we're just going to go right into praying. We're just going to pray for a few minutes. If you've never prayed for more than 10 seconds or never prayed for anything other than your food, this is a great learning opportunity. Because we're going to pray and we're going to see God move. We're going to see God move tonight, but we're also going to see God move in this region. And we're going to see the, the needle of this virus begin to go the other way. Because this is ridiculous. And we're not going to tolerate it anymore. Can you say amen to that? Just lift up your hands. Now this, this psalm applies to you. He that dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress. My God, in Him will I trust. Surely He shall deliver me from the snare of the fowler and the noisome pestilence. He shall cover you with His feathers 
and under his wings shall you trust. His truth shall be your shield and your buckler. Thou shalt not be afraid for the terror by night, nor the arrow that flies by day, nor the pestilence that walks in darkness, nor for the destruction that wastes at noonday. A thousand shall fall at your side and 10,000 at your right hand, but it will not come near you in Jesus' name. Only with your eyes shall you behold and see the reward of the wicked. For you have, for you have made the Lord, which is my refuge, even the most high, your habitation. There shall be no evil befall you. Listen to this. Neither shall any plague come near your dwelling. There shall be no evil befall you, neither shall any plague come near your dwelling. I'm going to read it one more time. There shall be no evil befall you, neither shall any plague come near your dwelling. For he shall give his angels charge over you to keep you in all your ways. They shall bear you up in their hands, lest you dash your foot against a stone. You shall tread upon the lion and the adder, the young lion and the dragon. Shall you trample underfoot, because he has set his love upon me therefore will I deliver him I will set him on high because he has known my name he shall call upon me and I will answer him I will be with him in trouble I will deliver him and honor him with long life will I satisfy him and show him my salvation let's give God a big hand of praise for his word Father, we come to you now in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. We do not come to you concerned for whether or not we can access you. We come to you because we know we are enveloped. We have put on Jesus Christ. We are clothed in Christ. And therefore, because of the righteousness that we have that is found in him, we can come boldly to your throne room and make our requests known unto you. We come to you, Lord God, asking you to do what you've done time and time again, to lift a plague from this from this planet, Lord God, to lift a plague from this nation, to lift a plague from our state and our region. We're asking you, Lord God, and we're calling the coronavirus by name and we command it under the authority that you've given us, under the dominion that you've given us. We command that thing to shrivel up and to dry up and to die in the name of Jesus. We decree and declare that we accept your crown of joy. We accept your crown of rejoicing. We accept your crown of righteousness. We accept your incorruptible crown. We accept your crown of life, but we wholeheartedly reject the crown of sickness that has been developed to cause trouble in this time. And we decree and declare a new season of faith and strength and revival in the United States of America. We speak to the sleeping giant that is the church and we say, rise up, old church. Rise up, old church and know that your God does not sleep nor slumber. He does not fail. He is looking over his word to perform it. There is healing found in his wings. If we can just press through the crowd and grab the hem of his garment, the same way that the woman with the issue of blood was healed, we will be healed from the top of our head to the soles of our feet. So we reject completely any corona, any any coronavirus, any crown of sickness. We reject it completely and we put it underneath the name that is above every name that can be named. We put it underneath the name of Jesus. Jesus Christ, our Savior, our King, our Lord, the one who's soon and returning right here to planet Earth. I thank you, Lord God, for healing the sick. I thank you, Lord God, that church people will not live in fear. I thank you, Lord God, that Christians will be a beacon of hope. 
when everybody else is challenged with fear and riddled with unbelief, that Christians will rise up in faith. Say, not my crown. We'll reject the crown of sickness. We will not be beheld, beholden to a cursed crown when you, Lord Jesus, already bore the cursed crown. We will not be beholden to bear a crown that you're not giving us. And I decree and I declare a spirit of boldness over New Heights Church and the people connected that we would rise up and nobody would take our crown. Nobody would be able to pull it off of our heads. As we're crowned with righteousness that you purchased for us, we would hold fast our confession. That we would hold fast our confession of faith. We won't be moved by what we see. We won't be moved by the numbers. We won't be moved by the experts or the so-called experts. But we're going to stand in faith. We're going to see the hand of God move. We're going to see you move. I hope you enjoyed the podcast today. If you did, there are a couple of things that I'd love for you to do. Number one, subscribe to our show. That way, the most recent episodes will always be in your feed waiting for you, ready when you are. And secondly, follow us on social media. That is the best way to stay up to date on everything happening at New Heights. We look forward to you joining us next time on the New Heights podcast. And if you are ever in the Bryan College Station area, we invite you to come out to New Heights Church for a live service. I promise we'll make you feel right at home.